This is a special sports presentation on ESPN 1530. FC Cincinnati Soccer. This is the Toyota Dealers FC Cincinnati Fan Show, presented by Mad Trick. And tonight they are dancing in the Bailey. Brought to you by Skyline Chili, Mike's Car Wash, Trish's, Mad Tree, and your local Toyota dealers. Toyota, let's go places. FC Cincinnati. On ESPN 1530. From the iHeartRadio studios, my name is Tom Glitter alongside Mo Egger. Happy to be with you for the Toyota FC Cincinnati Fan Show. Presented by Mad Tree tonight in studio. But our next show, April 4th, we will be at the Mad Tree Tap Room. Announced earlier today, the show moves to Oakley in 2018. I know my co-host Mo Egger is very excited about that. Is that yeah. a brewery? Suddenly we and got Mo's attention. Too. Yes. So he will be there April 4th. I will be there April 4th. Alan Koch will be with us throughout the season. We'll have players for you, and it'll be very exciting. But tonight, lots to talk about. The Orange and Blue set to open the season most Saturday 7 p.m. against the Charleston Battery. It'll be the third straight year they open against the Battery. And a revamped roster. We'll talk about that tonight. It's been a eventful, I'd say, news-filled <laughs> offseason for FC Cincinnati, to say the least. And as we bring in the head coach, Alan Koch, now in his second season, do you want to talk about, I don't know, stadiums tonight, Coach? <laughs> I'll take that as a, uh, as a no. Let's talk about Move soccer on. if we can. Okay, soccer. So major leagues suck. No, no, we're going to skip that topic, too. I know what I want to talk about. Forget soccer. I want to know how Hawaii was because you, not that you look forward to the end of the season, but you look forward to some downtime during the offseason. All we heard last year on the show was Mo Egger make plans to travel the globe during the offseason, and we'll get to that. But I know that you took a tropical vacation and took some time for yourself. How was Hawaii? Cincinnati looks the same way right now, actually, if you look outside the window with the sun. But uh, it certainly didn't look that way this morning when we had snow in the field when we got to nip it to train this morning. Uh, no, Hawaii was awesome. Uh, I love any, any time we can get off. Uh, my family and I love to go to the beach. Um, so whenever we can, which is only in the off-season for us, we, we take uh, advantage of that situation. It feels like it feels like October twenty first was was just yesterday. We were talking about that off the air. It feels like I I just got home from a UC football game to settle in and watch uh, Tommy G call that that playoff match. This off season, it's I mean it's been five months. As a fan, it flew by. Aside from when you got a chance to go to Hawaii, you're busy twenty four seven getting players, making decisions. Uh, there's a lot of roster turnover. What is this, then obviously training and playing friendlies and all that, what, what have the last five months been like for you? Because just as an observer, it's flown by. I don't believe you if you tell me it's five months. It doesn't feel, <laughs> it doesn't feel like five months at all. Uh, it literally feels like we were standing in Tampa a few days ago. Um, it, it's been helter-skelter uh, for the last few months. Uh, we obviously uh, had a clear plan and a vision in terms of what we wanted to do in that time. Uh, we've gone and done it. Uh, we retained the players we wanted to keep uh, that suit the system uh, of play that we'd like to play. We've gone and scoured the globe, uh, essentially, to find the right players and the right characters to come in and join the group. Uh, and now we've spent the last eight weeks preparing the team. Uh, and it's been a great uh, preseason. Uh, not that results uh, mean anything in preseason, but we won a lot of games during the course of that time. We got our players minutes. Uh, we got them match fit. Uh, and I think they clearly understand exactly how we want them to play uh, right now, but it's not going to be perfect. Uh, the first game starts this week, and that's what we've been preparing ourselves for, and we're excited to embrace that challenge. You know, you told me that night in Tampa after the loss that you'd be hitting the road immediately, not for your Hawaiian trip, but <laughs> literally going around the globe to 
look for players, and you, you left little nuggets, uh, crumbs, if you will, on your Twitter account along the way, New York, San Francisco, Israel, yeah, um, all over the world. What was that trip like? Because I know you didn't do a whole lot of sightseeing along the way. It was more go, meet with a guy, jump on the plane, get to the next city or country. I, I love what I do. Uh, and I love doing it for FCC, and I love living in Cincinnati. Um, but that trip was anything but glamorous. Uh, mm. I think when people see you're uh, trotting across the globe and going to all these different places, they think it's exciting, and uh, you go and act like a tourist. Uh, those trips are purely business. You're, you're sitting in economy class in a plane uh, going across the world. You're, you're getting there, and uh, the second you get to your destination, you're hopefully finding a shower nice and quickly. So. You can go and assess players and meet with players and, and feel somewhat fresh about the work that you're doing. Um, but uh, it was a very, very beneficial trip uh, for our club. Uh, we managed to source and meet with uh, almost all the players uh, that we brought in this year and make sure that they are the right fit for exactly what we're building. Take us through that process even further from because you don't just fly to a city and look for soccer players. You have a specific guy that you're, you're, you're going to go talk to. So take us through the beginning of that process from the identification of here's someone we're interested in to when you get a meeting to what that meeting is like to ultimately when you get the guy to come to, to Cincinnati. Oh, it's, a long pro- it's a long process uh, because you, you don't just uh, throw a dart at the globe and, and see where you're going to go in your next destination. You've got to use a network uh, that you've established and work with agents, coaches, friends, uh, different people you know around the place uh, and, and put out feelers in, in terms of if they may have what you need. Uh, and we, we assessed our own roster at the end of last year and we knew what we wanted to keep, but then we knew we had all these different holes to fill uh, by sending out those messages really to everybody. Uh, it's emails, phone calls, text messages, uh, and you see what you come back with. That then allows you to start to narrow that down. And you're going through thousands of players uh, to find a few players. Um, so it's a, a very, very detailed process. It takes a lot of time. Uh, but we feel like it's been very, very worthwhile because we've been able to secure the guys we wanted to get. To get a guy like Deco Kanan, you fly all the way to Israel. And obviously, you didn't, like we said, you didn't have your first conversation with him when you got off the plane. But... You had to feel pretty confident to book that trip that things were going to work out and, and that you had at least a high probability of signing him. 100%. Uh, I wasn't going to go fly to Israel and just hope we could get Dekel. It was literally going there and making sure I was comfortable with him and he was comfortable with me. Uh, we knew what he was capable of a, as a player, as a leader, uh, and the right type of guy that we wanted to put into our group. Um, so going there was uh, just going the extra mile uh, to show him what we're about uh, at FC Cincinnati. Uh, but also going and making sure that he was the right fit. Uh, and you can see with a player like him, every single day when he conducts himself at training, he, he's the experienced leader that we knew he would be. Uh, and we've been very, very excited to, to work with him over the last two months. Had you ever been to Israel? Was that your first trip? I had been to Israel, actually. I went there for a tournament probably five or six years ago. Um, I was there for a lot longer. We were to prepare for a tournament, actually play in a tournament. This time I was in and out in probably 36 to 48 hours. I can't remember exactly. When, when last season ended, and look, everything that hovered over that season-ending match in the playoffs was, you know, this team's going to be different next year. I think you guys were, were pretty transparent about that, and understandably so. When you sat down and thought about what you wanted your 2018 team to look like compared to your 2017 club, uh, give us an idea of, of what the, the goal was at the outset of the offseason and, and how close you came to, to realizing that goal, if, if not maybe even meet it or exceed it. We just want to build something that's going to be consistent. Uh, I think to build consistency amongst a group, 
you have to have depth. Uh, we have a long, long 34 season, uh, 34 game season ahead of us. Uh, to be able to go through that, the trials and tribulations and the ups and downs, you have to have depth. Uh, and it already starts this weekend. We've got our first game this weekend, and it's going to be very, very difficult to choose the starting 11. It's going to be difficult to choose uh, the 18 players that are going to travel with us. So that was something we wanted to, to really make sure we addressed uh, because last year we had some amazing highs. Uh, that U.S. Open Cup run uh, is something I hope we can do it again. We may never be able to do that again. Uh, but to be able to do that showed uh, some of the special players and the special moments we were capable of as a club. Uh, but we want more than that. Um, we want to be able to go out and put those performances out like we played against Chicago or against Miami or the first 70 minutes against New York. We need to be able to do that more consistently. Uh, and to do that, you need to really raise the bar of the group that you have, uh, but also make sure you have depth that if players are out injured, uh, who's going to step in and take their place? We've already lost Tyler Gibson uh, for the next few months. Uh, he was going to be a major player for us at the start of the season. Um, and he'll be back in a few months, and we're excited to have him back. But we've got other players now that are chomping at the bit to step up and take that place. It felt like every two Wednesdays, Tommy and I were talking with you about a new player, someone you acquired from <laughs> no. the outside. I mean, it just, it, and it was, it, it felt like a revolving door. And look, you're, you're always looking to get better. That never changes. You're always looking for, for people who can make your team better. At the same time, I've got to think at the outset of the season, you would really like to have just a little bit more roster continuity this year, right? Yeah, hundred percent. It's, Last year, we felt like we were swimming up a, a very, very strong uh, a river all season long. Uh, and uh, this year, we know we're going to have challenges. It's not going to be easy. The league has improved significantly. The, the closing of the NASL has uh, added so many different players to this league. And there are some clubs that uh, probably weren't expecting to have high-quality players fall in the laps. They, they've had those players fall out of the sky. Uh, so every team in our league is going to be significantly better. But we put together a very good group. We're, we're happy with that group. Uh, we're going to work with them and squeeze everything we can out of them. But we certainly hope not to uh, have as much roster movement as we had last year because that was, uh, that was a, a byproduct of where we were at. Uh, between the first and the second season, this league improved significantly. And, and we, we stayed with the status quo. Uh, but we knew we had to get better during the course of the season. I feel like we did get better during the course of the season. And uh, we knew between the end of the 2017 season, now we had to get better. And we've gone out and we've done that. You know, Mo, it's funny. He, he made two promises to me that night. After the loss of Tampa Bay, one was that he was going to scour the globe to mm-hmm. bring in great players to be wearing the orange and blue and represent this city. And the other was that he was not going to make 37 roster moves during the season. <laughs> Kevin McCloskey, Lindsey Patterson, and I are back for our third year. And you know my preparation. I got a big, big chart. Yeah. And I was constantly rearranging, trying to learn from new people's names and... Well, I mean, it kind he, of felt like, and it felt like talking to some of the guys, and and they were they were great about just, not just assimilating themselves into your team, but joining us. It, it kind of felt like every other week we were talking about how, hey, you've been here for five minutes. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. You know, you just played a match on Saturday. You got here on Thursday. That kind of thing. And and I thought, by and large, as as a you know a novice, I'm like, you know, this, these guys are handling it pretty well. You talked often about how. You know, the new guys and the guys that you had, you know, sort of did the best that they could. But that's, that's not ideal for, for any coach in any sport. No, no, it's not. It's, it's not at all. But uh, sometimes in your career or sometimes in seasons, situations like that present themselves. Uh, and you kind of have to roll with the punches and, and go through it. And uh, 
other than going out and trying to win games and, and satisfy our, our own expectations, expectations of our fans, I, I think we can guarantee everybody we're not going to make, what was it, 37 new changes you 37 said? 37 is what I... I the only reason we're not going to make... The only 35. reason we're not going to make that many changes is because I'm worried about Tommy's charts. I appreciate <laughs> so. that. Well, as long as... You know, you didn't sign anybody with a real tricky name, so I got those figured out. Uh, I appreciate well, it. Well, now and yeah. doing all the games, like that chart, there's the premium on consistency. There is. You there know? is. And if nothing else, I try to be consistent on my chart. We'll talk and, about that and, more. And maybe just your chart. Yes. Yeah, that's about the only place I'm consistent. Let's take a break. Tom Glitter, Mo Egger, alongside Alan Koch on the Toyota FC Cincinnati Fan Show. Maybe we'll get a starting 11. Probably not from Alan when we return. Tonight's show presented by Mad Tree. We'll be back with more next on ESPN 1530. First Toyota FC Cincinnati Fan Show presented by Mad Tree of 2018. Tom Glitter alongside Mo Egger and head coach. Alan Koch, we are in studio tonight here in Kenwood, but we will be in Oakley starting April 4th for our next show as the program moves to the Mad Tree Tap Room April 4th. So forward to the 2018 season, which starts on a Saturday, 7 o'clock is the start. Guess who the Orange and Blue open up against? Charleston for the third straight year <laughs> on the road. A very tough task, and we'll talk about that game here in a little bit. But first I want to talk about the difference in where you were at one year ago to right now. A year ago you had taken over the team after – one month and went right to Florida and tried to get ready for the season. This year, obviously, the whole offseason that we just talked about, and I'd imagine there's still challenges, but but a very different situation is this year you're getting guys used to the team as opposed to everybody trying to figure everything out. I think every year, wherever you are, is always a different challenge. I think last year was the, the craziness of uh, becoming the head coach the day before we went down to Florida uh, in preseason and really just having to adjust on the fly and, and figure things out. Uh, and now this year, uh, thankfully, we haven't have to worry about that same challenge. We're focusing on the group and the technical uh, aspects of the group, but we're, we're dealing with other things as a club. Uh, and everything we go through is not just the team, the players, the coach. It's what we go through as a club together and, and all the different stresses. So there, there's always, there's always going to be something that you're having to deal with uh, as a professional soccer club. Uh, but I think we've been pretty fortunate from a technical perspective uh, being able to focus on our preparations and get ourselves ready for Charleston. Yeah, we, we talked about the player acquisition part of the offseason. You played seven preseason friendlies. That, that's, that's a lot. Different competition levels, too. Major League Soccer Club, some college teams, some USL foes. Uh, throughout the course of those seven matches, what did you learn about your team? What did you accomplish during a very lengthy preseason? Uh, we learned lots. Uh, it's uh, I know I use the word process a lot, and preseason is a process. That's the that's the time where you actually get to build something. Um, where during the season you're just preparing one game at a time. Uh, so uh, we're figuring out a lot about the different relationships of our players, the different partnerships between guys uh, who worked well together, uh, just in their little partners, and in terms of the guy they're playing next to, then who worked well in the actual bigger unit if it's a back four. Um, and those are the important things that we figured out, and those are the things we'll use. Uh, we'll reflect on. Uh, you don't make uh, your decisions based on the first game of the season based on how your last game went. Uh, you make it based on a body of work. Uh, once you get in the season, then you definitely start reflecting and seeing uh, how did things work uh, last week in the course of those uh, three-point challenges. Can I, I, I made the mistake. I'm sorry, Tommy. No, I made the okay. mistake after you played Sacramento mm-hmm. of looking at Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, was, that was a mistake. I, I knew better, but I, I still did it anyway. And I'm, I'm looking at, you know, people's reaction, and I'm going, like, I don't think that game counted. Preseason. Like, uh, mm-hmm. Preseason match, 2-1 loss. Um, I, I get it. You never want to be on the short end of a, of a score. 
Can you just address those people for me? Because they were, after what was from just a win-loss draw perspective, pretty successful preseason. I know that's not the ultimate goal, but I'm going, okay. They dropped a game that doesn't count. It's a friendly. Relax. Elaborate on that for me. That's a good point. It's a, it's a, <laughs> there you uh, go. I think you just did it for me. What, what was no, mine out? The Browns it, went 4 0 in the preseason. How'd that work out, right? You know, a preseason, other than uh, giving your players an opportunity to showcase themselves uh, and match fitness, it doesn't mean anything. Uh, there's, you don't get any points for winning or losing a game in preseason. Um, I got a t shirt for the Browns 4 0 preseason. <laughs> just, for, just for the record. What, go on. What, what I will say, though, is, uh, and I did, I actually read quite a bit of it, and I actually responded to one of the messages. Uh, we were disappointed. The game, the game did not go the way we wanted it to, uh, and we had a very, very bad day at the office uh, last Saturday. So that's one day out of the 60 days of preseason uh, that we've gone through. Um, so we definitely don't get too down in those moments, and we certainly don't get too high when we, we win huge games in preseason. They quite frankly mean absolutely nothing. Um, so to see people getting up in arms... Um, uh, it was disappointing. Uh, it doesn't make any sense uh, in preseason if you're getting uh, uh, fired up about things because we intentionally set some players out of that game. Um, so if we we're trying to go win the game, we wouldn't have done that. Uh, we had a player in the warm-up who was a little concerning in terms of injury. We sat him out. Uh, those are decisions we wouldn't make in season. Um, so it's a whole different ball game. You, you should never, ever compare uh, preseason experiences to anything in terms of what it's going to look like when you play for three points. Um, we start this week. This is when the season starts. Uh, the rest has been a preparation phase. Now we'll get to my very intelligent question <laughs> before Mo interrupted me, uh, which is fine because that was a much better question. But process is a very uh, Canadian word, I would say. We call it a process. Okay. I, might even, I, I, I don't even know what I am. Which is fine, is it Canadian but I was, or I was just South, curious. Canadian or South African? I don't, I don't know what it is. So it was a process in South Africa, too. I, I'm just wondering if you picked that up in Canada. I think it's a South African word. I think my okay. my accent is a mixed match of everything all over the world. I don't even know where I come from, to be quite honest. I, I live in Cincinnati, and that's all that matters. That's so. right. That's right. And you're getting your club ready. And it's yeah. interesting. We talk about all the new guys, 17 new faces on your roster right now. And when you look at it, they didn't all come from the same team. A couple of them did, a couple from Miami. But there's a lot of guys who've crossed over and played with each other at some level or in the last five years professionally at some point. And I think it's really interesting to see that a lot of these guys do have experience together, and now they're about to get some here in orange and blue. Yeah, definitely. You can see uh, it was almost evident right from the start. We went out and re-recruited character, and we place uh, a huge importance on that. But you could see a lot of familiarity amongst the players uh, right from the start of preseason. Uh, they'd either played against each other, encountered each other at some stage, and you can see there's a lot of mutual respect uh, from all the players uh, with their teammates. Uh, and it's been a big part of our preseason is trying to build something special like that. Uh, it's very harmonious in, in preseason because uh, we've tried to give everybody equal opportunity uh, so far. Uh, but you can tell the players genuinely have a lot of respect for each other and they're going to go to battle and, and fight for the club. It, it, the soccer at this level is, is unique because... In, in in the NBA, for example, they're not playing college teams in the preseason. And and so you'll play, you know, squads you may face during the regular year, you know, Indy, Nashville, but you played uh, NKU mm -hmm. there, yeah. and you played the University of Cincinnati Soccer Club. What do you yeah. gain from playing a, a team at the college level? Oh, it's a great question. Um, it's awesome for us to play college teams, and we want to play as, as many of the local college teams as possible for a variety of different reasons. One, community engagement is to – be connected with UC or Xavier or NKU. It didn't work to play Xavier this year, unfortunately. 
Um, but it also gives us an opportunity to take a look at their players. Uh, we want to see as many of the local guys as possible and see if they're guys that we should be looking at to bring in into our fold. Um, so one, we use it to, to scout once those, uh, those players graduate. But two, when you play a college team, it's, it's their World Cup final. They're going to be yeah. a- absolutely fired up to try beat you. Uh, and we want to see how our players respond in those situations. And how do we do against the college teams? I think it was 3 nothing against NKU. We played Wright State on Sunday. It was 5 nothing, And I think UC were the ones that kept us the closest. Uh, one, was it 1-0? It, yeah, it was a one nothing game. And they kind of packed it in a little bit. Yeah, but but you know what's yet again the scores don't mean anything either. Right. No, we're it's an exercise for us and it's an exercise for the college teams too. Every college team approaches the games in different ways. Some of the play, teams will play their young players to see how they do against professionals. Some will try to keep their seniors around to to get as good a result as they can. Uh, just as much as it's an exercise for us, it's an exercise for the college teams too. Um, so we gain a lot from it. One to see how they're doing uh, and interact with their program and see their players, but also see how players respond to. These guys really want to come and try to take your jobs in a few years' time. How, how are you going to respond and, and step up to the plate with those challenges? Well, competition in the preseason and training at an all-time high right now for FC Cincinnati as Alan Couch tries to figure out his starting 11 for <laughs> Saturday. We'll prod him a little bit more on that <laughs> when we return. And if you have a question, give us a call, 513-749-1530. An opportunity for the fans to call in tonight. None here in studio with us. So you can call in 513-749-1530 and ask Alan a question when we return. This is the Toyota FC Cincinnati Fan Show presented by Madtree on ESPN 1530. Tom Glitter, Mo Egger, head coach Alan Koch back with you on the Toyota FC Cincinnati Fan Show presented by Madtree in studio tonight, moving to the Madtree tap room on April 4th. If you didn't see the release today, the full schedule was online at fccincinnati.com and Madtree, the new presenting sponsor, meaning we move to the Madtree tap room for some craft beer for some pizza and orange and blue soccer. Speaking my language. Yeah, I know. That's how, that's how the contract negotiations work with Mo Egger. Pizza, beer, soccer. How do we get Mo Mo is all in. We got the beer. We got the pizza. I think Mo had some beer delivered to the studio before we came in here. I don't know if you, if you caught that Alan. And as you look at this year, we've talked a lot about the new guys, and obviously one of the major changes in your roster is that goalkeeper. Mitch Hildebrandt was the guy at that position for two years. Uh, made a lot of friends and fans here in Cincinnati, and he's moved on to Atlanta with Major League Soccer, and you brought in three new guys, three new faces at the goalkeeper position, and no doubt two of them have battled here for that starting position on Saturday in Spencer Ritchie and then Evan Newton, and I don't think you're going to give us a starter, and I don't know if you figured it out yet because – Every conversation I've had with you since the day practice started is that they have been neck and neck. And they're still neck and neck. Yeah. Uh, thank goodness it's, uh, what, Wednesday night right now, and I've got a few days to figure it out by Saturday. But, uh, no, all three goalkeepers have come in, and uh, they've done exactly what we knew they would. Uh, they've come in. They've got a fantastic mentality. Their work ethic every single day has been, been brilliant. Mark Village has done very, very well. Uh, but Evan and Spencer have just stepped a, a little bit ahead, as we kind of anticipated they would. Uh, and they're fighting for the spot. It's great, healthy competition. Uh, I feel confident uh, in all three of them, uh, but we're leaning more at this stage towards either, either Spencer or Evan uh, to play this Saturday night. Do they realize that from both a, a performance standpoint and a fan popularity standpoint, the shoes they're filling? Um, you know what? I don't think they do, and nor do they need to know. Uh, they weren't here when, when Mitch was with us last year, and, and Mitch obviously had a couple of high moments. Um, but we have absolute faith in them. Uh, we feel like we've 
really improved our uh, greater goalkeeping group uh, this year. Uh, and I think that competition by pushing each other is going to allow us to have uh, a goalkeeper who's going to be able to go out there and do the job for us. Uh, and is it going to be one keeper or is it going to be two keepers? We're just going to figure that out during the course of the season. Um, we obviously wish Mitch nothing but the best uh, in Atlanta. Um, and we obviously reflect on last year and how he did for us at times. And uh, he was very, very good. And that's how he got the opportunity he did. Um, but uh, we're very, very confident in Evan and Spencer and we're excited to see how they do. You know what's interesting, because we did some interviews for halftime features that will run throughout the season, and we spoke, we spoke with both Spencer and Evan. They told me they're kind of normal goalkeepers. Is that... Neither, I mean, of, the, neither of them are normal. They're neither, li- they're, they're, but that doesn't they're, exist. They're, they're li- like, there's lying, not such a beast, right? They're <laughs> lying when they say that. Uh, all yeah. three goalkeepers are not normal, and our goalkeeper coach is not normal, not normal. either. Yeah. Um, That's why you group them all together, and it's funny, because, Mo, I'll be at training, and they're all, at, like, the, all the outfielders and the coaches are at one end. And the goalkeepers and the goalkeeper coach are at the other end. Having said that, though, they're not normal. But as far as goalkeepers go, they are right. They are relatively normal. They're all three keepers and Jack himself. Obviously. I'm joking. They're, they're just great guys, and they're, they're normal, good citizens. Uh, there are a few goalkeepers out there that are pretty loopy, if that's the right choice of words. And the, no, these, I can relate to that. Yeah, the, these guys yeah. are these guys I'd be are, a good goalkeeper. <laughs> these guys are good, hardworking, focused guys. This this sounds like a, a, maybe a dumb question, but that's what I specialize in. So <laughs> if you're looking for a goalkeeper, the obvious thing you're looking for is a guy that can stop shots. But but go into a film room, go into a, a practice field, and, and take me where you're evaluating someone that you go, you know what, that guy can play for us at our level. Give us an idea of the specific things you're looking for when you go, you know what, that's a guy that I want on my club. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Uh, shot stopping obviously is a part of it. Uh, being able to deal with crosses uh, and managing people in his box uh, is also a big part of it too. And then in 2018, we, we call them modern-day goalkeepers. Uh, they have to have the ability to play with their feet. Uh, the first attacker on the field is the goalkeeper. He's the guy that he starts everything from a goal kick or when he has the ball in his box. Uh, so we expect our goalkeepers to be able to play equally well with their hands as with their feet too. Great competition at goalkeeper, but you have competition really all over the pitch with 11 starters, maybe 22, 23 guys in the mix for those 11 slots. And you got guys like Justin Hoyt and Matt Boehner, both veteran guys, both great experience, both played a lot last year, battling at that right fullback position. You got Corbin and Nas at the 10, battling to start there. You got Danny and Emery and others battling at the 9 to start there. You got Lance and Daniel Haber and Jimmy McLaughlin battling over in that left, left uh, winger spot to start there. How much has that just driven everybody out on the pitch, day-to-day at training to get better and better? Well, our training environment is significantly better this year than it was last year. Uh, there is no, uh, there's no players and no disrespect to some players that we had last year, but there's nobody that lowers the level of play. Uh, I think everybody in our group is actually elevating the level of play in training, and, and that's the healthy competition. That's the guys pushing each other. Nobody's job is uh, guaranteed. Uh, they're going to push each other. And the guy who steps up to the plate the most is the guy who's going to grab the, grab the job. And that may take us a bit of time to figure that out, to be honest, because this is 17 new players. It takes a while to integrate that. Um, there is healthy individual competition. Now it's about putting it together. And, and we know it's going to take time. Uh, we're very, very pleased with how preseason went. Uh, and we hope we can come flying out of the gates to start the season. Uh, and we'll just roll with the punches. Uh, we have a lot of belief in the group that we have. Uh, and you mentioned Justin and, and Matt and Boehner and Hoyt are... Both brilliant guys and they're brilliant players. Um, they are the first people on the field to compliment the other guy when he does something well on the field. 
Uh, and I think it's very rare in our sport to see two players that know that they're competing with each other for a job uh, have that mutual respect for each other. Uh, you literally hear it, Justin, like, Matt will whip in a great cross, and he's like, great cross beans. Uh, and then M- Matt will do something, and I mean, uh, Justin will do something, and Matt's yelling the same thing back. So it's, it says a lot about the character of those two players and the whole group. Um, but that healthy competition is what's going to set us up for success this year. You emphasized often early with us last year, hey, we're, we're not a finished product. By the middle of the season, we're going to look a lot different than we do now. Now, I'm not sure you really anticipated the, the flurry of, of player activity and then all 37. those games. Yeah, <laughs> 37 different charts that you had. I want to see that chart, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but also, you know, all the matches you had to play right in the heart of the season with the, the U.S. Open Cup run, the international friendly, obviously, league play. So uh, let's assume that maybe there's not quite as much you know, roster movement. Let's, let's, let's assume that the schedule maybe plays out the way you would like. And What does your team look like? in the middle of, of July, early July, compared to now? Like, where are you looking to advance from what you are now where you're not going to be a finished product, all those new guys? What does it look like then as opposed to now? I highly doubt that the lineup we put out this Saturday will be the exact same lineup come the middle of the summer uh, because we're going to figure out players' strengths and weaknesses, and we're going to see who steps up to the plate and, and how they do. We hope it is. Uh, it'd be great if we get it right in game one. We've got the right lineup, and they're perfect, and, and everybody gels right away. Uh, but hey, Dave, you know, I've been in the sport the long enough to, to know that that's probably not going to be realistic. Our, our group by the summertime will probably be very different than the lineup we put out this Saturday night. Well, I have my pen and my notepad out with all the lineups from the last two years. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm calling the game on Saturday, as Kevin McCloskey and I will call all the road matches this year. So I'm going to fill it in when we return. I'll try to get a lineup from Alan Koch. I'm going to keep trying. This is the Toyota Dealers FC Cincinnati Fan Show. All right, yeah, I'll, I'll think of something else. Presented by Mad Tree. Mo, Allen, and myself will be back next on ESPN 1530. Tom Glitter, Mo Egger, head coach Allen Koch, back with you here in studio tonight on the Toyota Dealers FC Cincinnati Fan Show. Presented by Mad Tree. Our next show, April 4th, 6 o'clock at the Mad Tree Tap Room. Make sure you are there. That'll be our first one. Out in public in 2018, we'll bring some players over. They don't live all that far from there. We're not going to give away too many details, but we'll get them over there for our first show at Mad Tree on April 4th at 6 o'clock. And, of course, Alan will be with us throughout the season. When you look at the USL and you hinted at it, that the growth in the last year, two years, has been really big. Clubs elevating each other all over the place. Has the league taken another leap in talent level from 2017 to 2018 that's just going to elevate everybody? Significantly. Uh, I think the league grows uh, organically every year. Uh, I think between for FCC being in the league between 2016 and 2017 improved significantly. And I think we're going to see an even bigger jump now between 2017 and 2018. Um, I'm not uh, hiding from anything. Our our group is significantly better. We've gone out and we've improved our team. Uh, But every other club in the league is doing the exact same thing. Uh, And uh, the MLS two teams, their groups are improving. Uh, the standalone teams uh, with uh, the resources that some of them have uh, and some of the teams that came from the NASL into the USL that traditionally had bigger budgets. And now we've got other teams that we're competing against that are coming with huge budgets. Uh, and then obviously the collapse of the NASL has literally spread all those players, uh, some onto our team, which is huge, uh, but some onto our rivals' teams. And so it's going to be very, very interesting to see how the league comes, uh, comes out this year. I, I firmly believe there's going to be more parity this year than there's ever been. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised that the team that wins the Eastern Conference wins it with the least number of points ever. 
um, because I think we're all going to beat each other up as the season goes along. All right, so who's going to be good? Us. <laughs> you got a few other to pick from. Yeah, that's How true. How about let's limit it to the East? Who's going to be good in yeah. the East? Who? Well, you know what? I, I, I mean it. We are going to be good. But so is everybody else uh, in our conference. Uh, I almost, I don't want to say teams that aren't going to be good, uh, but there's a couple that may not be competing to, to win it. Uh, but literally, I mean, a couple. I think everybody else has the ability to be right at the top. Uh, and that's exciting. From a fan perspective, you, you want to follow a league where there's so many teams that are going to come into town and come into Nippet this year that are going to be good teams. Uh, and we're going to have to really step up to the plate. Uh, but they're going to have to step up to the plate when we go into their stadiums too. Who, um, oh, I was going to say, who in the East got your attention when you saw on Twitter, you saw a press release, or somebody mm-hmm. said, hey, did you see who Indy signed or who Tampa Bay signed? Who got your attention as they went out and improved their club? Uh, you know what? I, I don't want to give you the same answer. I can, I can be more okay. specific. But uh, Tampa, uh, Indy, uh, North Carolina, <laughs> uh, Bethlehem Steel picked up a couple ex-MLS players. Um, everybody. Uh, Nash- Nashville, we, we've seen them. Um, every team. Uh, it's, uh, that's not an exaggeration. Uh, every team is significantly better, and every team is signed uh, amazing players. Um, so it's going to be exciting. The, the level of the games are, are going to be improved. Uh, I don't want to even leave Charleston out of it. Uh, Charleston have got a very similar group. They've got a couple new players, yeah. but you look at what they've done this preseason. They beat Minnesota from the MLS. They tied Atlanta from the MLS, and they just lost to the Columbus crew. Uh, that shows the, the caliber of their group. Um, so we're under no illusions. It's going to be a long, tough season. And I've seen a couple messages. People are saying we'll go undefeated. I'm like, there is no... Undefeated? No, 34-game season. I don't want to say this to the coach of the team that we haven't played a game yet, but uh, <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> and I don't think there's a player in your dressing room I mean, that would be like, wow, coach really gave up on us today. He said we're not going 34 They think you might go undefeated in March? Undefeated? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Let's focus one game at a time. We want to go undefeated on Saturday night, and that's all that matters I right mean, now. That's, so our, that's our focus. we got people getting mad at you when you lose a friendly, and now they're expecting you, you go undefeated. No pressure. No pressure whatsoever. You know what? The only pressure we're putting on ourselves is to go give it everything we can on Saturday. And, and you know what? In this business, you just focus on your next challenge, and that's playing Charleston on Saturday. And we're excited to take our group down to a place where we've never won uh, before. Uh, a club you've never defeated. Yeah, we're excited to go hopefully, hopefully do something special. Um, but we'll embrace that challenge. Hey, one other team I don't want to forget, Louisville. Defending champions. Defending champions. Oh, yeah. they're, they're an unbelievable team. Uh, they've managed to retain pretty much their whole team. They've got one or two yeah, a few fine good, good additions. If there's anybody uh, looking for a team that there should be high expectations of, it's them. Yeah. They, they won the league last year. They've retained almost And ran enti- away with the East and route to it. They've retained their entire team. Um, so we'll gladly embrace the pressure. Um, but there's a lot of pressure on every other team in this league too. Well, you know, you know who's here for the home opener? April 7th? I know this. Stadium. I know this. Louisville. 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 Defending yeah. champs. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that scheduling one. Yeah. Louisville City on opening night. But tickets are available. Over 17,000 season tickets out. Make sure you get your but, tickets. But you know so. what? With, with the rivalry that's developed, as good as they were last year, you guys had some contentious matches both there really? and here. What? Yeah. What, what, <laughs> what better? I mean, honestly, from a fan standpoint, maybe you don't look at it this way. What better opponent to come in and, and be the first home oh, team to come to Nippert? I mean, it's awesome. going to be there's going to be buzz for that early, and that's that's not a bad thing. We're excited for that game. We we know we've got two games before. I want to don't want to sound like a dry coach. We're we're focusing the first two games first, but we're excited to play Louisville in the first home game. I, I think that's going to be something that's exciting for our club, for our players, and our fans. And I think the the atmosphere in the stadium that night is going to be absolutely electric.
I've, I've thought of you and your guys often as I've you know, been on campus and you know, walked to my car in the morning and it's 12 degrees out. I mean, <laughs> yesterday I'm doing a show in the scene I'm sitting in right now. I can't see the building across the street. How has the unpredictable winter that's seemingly never going to end affected, uh, well, since you've been back from, from Bradenton, affected uh, your, your team's ability to prepare and get ready? It's been tough, but we make it work. Uh, I'll just give you an example today. We, we wanted to do a scout this morning to the team. Uh, it's a presentation before we trained, and then we wanted to go out and train, and then we wanted to come to an exercise with them uh, in the media room afterwards. Uh, we just changed things on the fly because when we looked out, there was snow on the field. Um, so we managed to do both of the video presentations we want to do. We did them both beforehand. We looked at the weather, and we could see it was warming up a little bit. Uh, and thankfully, by the time we finished and we got outside to start training, the the snow was gone, but there's still a little bit of ice on the field. So it's not, it's not ideal, but you, you've got to make it work. Um, you think in this league, we're hopefully going to be playing this year in November. Uh, in November time, we could, have the same, we could have the same weather we had today. Um, so uh, you don't shy away from uh, the elements uh, in our business. Good news, they've gotten plenty of practice with the snowballs. They have <laughs> yellow balls for snow games, <laughs> white balls for the regular games, so they practice with the yellow ones a lot, yeah. I've noticed. Yeah, we do. That's all right. Well, all right, we're going to talk about Charleston. And wrap it up with Alan Koch when we return. This is the Toyota Dealers FC Cincinnati Fan Show presented by Madtree on ESPN 1530. Tom and my co-pilot Mo Egger, have about six more minutes with Alan Koch here in studio tonight on the Toyota Dealers FC Cincinnati Fan Show. We look forward to seeing you April 4th at the Madtree Tap Room at 6 p.m. for our first on-location show of 2000. And 18, but first things first, the season opener, Saturday night, 7 o'clock. You can watch it locally on Star 64. Kevin McCloskey and I will have the call of that one, and it's Charleston for the third straight year in a row, third time in this league, on the road. FC Cincinnati will take on the battery to start the year, and some familiar faces will be in different colors this year. And the one that I'm excited to see in orange and blue and not in Charleston battery colors because he's been a bit of a nemesis for the club is Forrest Lasso, a guy you went out, got during the offseason, and – I'd imagine probably will be in your starting lineup when, you, when we see the 11 on, on Saturday night. But that's a guy who you obviously saw. He scored a goal in Hipper last year. He scored in both games against mm-hmm. you guys last year. And I'd imagine you're excited to have on your side now moving forward. Yeah, definitely. He's, uh, he's a great defender, but he's obviously very, very dangerous on set pieces. And he's already done that for us yeah. so far this preseason. So, no, I am uh, much happier to see Forrest wearing our colors than wearing their colors. Been doing this for a long time. Uh, a lot of season openers, coach and player. Do you still have the same feeling maybe the morning of the opener, the night before the opener that you did when you first started doing this? You know what? The first game is something very, very special because you, uh, what is it? We have five months essentially between the last game and this game. So you've really got five months of uh, energy building up and getting yourself ready to go into that game. So I think anybody who says that the first game is the same as the second game is is uh, clearly not uh, feeling all the same emotions I think we all feel. It's, uh, it's a special game, um, but we don't read anything more into the first game than we do into the second or the 16th game by any means. Um, you just We're all chomping at the bit to go play that first game, uh, and there's always extra pressure on the first game because it's the one that everybody's been talking about for a long, long time. Once you get through that first game, then you only have a week to prepare for the next one. Uh, so a week of preparation is very, very different than five months of thought <laughs> and how you've been thinking about how you want to play that first game. You, you actually get two. Get a buy, actually, a rare buy this early in the season, but you'll be off next weekend and then Indy the following weekend. But as you prepare for Charleston, a little bit tricky. I'd imagine they played a, a full host of preseason matches as well, but how much film do you have on them and, and what they're doing with some of their new faces right now as they try to prepare for the year? 
You know what? Thankfully, we've been able to watch pretty much every game they've played. They uh, went ahead and televised that one tournament, didn't they? Yeah, watched uh, quite a few helps. of the games on TV, and then uh, we stream games, and then we have different sources in terms of uh, a lot of the games. So Friends. there was a game that we yeah. played in, uh, in at IMG that I don't think was streamed anywhere, and all of a sudden you see it showing up in these scouting databases. So uh, people figure out a way to, to get the games, and you can find them all online for the most part. So we, we've watched... I believe it's every single one of their games. Uh, it might not be. They might have played a college team here or there that we didn't watch those games. Uh, but I think we have a pretty good idea of how they're going to play on Saturday night. That dynamic that we've talked about with all the new guys, and, and you've played the seven matches, so there's, there's a lot of info out there. But, but how much more difficult from an opposing team standpoint is your team to prep for? Well, considering I don't know what my starting lineup is on Saturday, I guarantee the opposition <laughs> Tommy coach hasn't doesn't squeezed know. It so. out of you. He's got a I couple got two minutes. minutes. No. I was going to say, we, know, we started the show with a, a lot of questions that Alan said, no, 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 dude. I figured I could get a yes here in the, in the final two and a half minutes, and we could scribble, no. No, uh, not, not going to happen. No, it's, uh, I think it's going to be very, very difficult for teams to start off the season to predict exactly who's going to play for us. Uh, we've tried lots of different things during the course of preseason. Uh, some worked, some didn't work. That's part of preseason. Uh, we've been trying different things this week in training, uh, and then tomorrow and Friday we'll go out and we'll actually rehearse with the group that we're going to play with. So uh, no decisions made just yet, but by the time I get to train tomorrow morning, we'll have to make some decisions. Should I follow him to training to see if I can? Yeah, sure. Yes, tomorrow. You know what I think you ought to do is sitting outside his office when he waits. Or follow him and then and then put it on Twitter. Maybe be at his morning coffee shop <laughs> and, uh, when he when he comes in for his latte tomorrow morning. I'm sitting there. Oh, Alan, funny. I didn't hey. know. I didn't know you were gonna be here. Anything you woke up with? Any ideas you had overnight? Yeah, not gonna happen. No. Mm-hmm. Coaches in other sports are notoriously secretive. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, football coaches don't want to tell you, you know, what time he the is bus is going to get to. Okay, American football Thank coaches you. don't want to tell you what time the bus is going to get to the stadium. As as a rule, how secretive are you and your peers coaching uh, I think football? we all do it in different ways. Yeah. There, there are some coaches that I've worked with. You'll be at a training ground, and then all of a sudden media shows up, and they're, they're rushing to get the media turned away and get them away from the field. Um, I, I'm pretty transparent. Uh, we're not really reinventing the wheel uh, by going out and how we're going to go play. There, there's a couple. That's little, refreshing yeah, to hear yeah, from a coach. Yeah, there, we're, there's a couple tactical things that we'll try to do, and there are certain times where we'd rather not have people there. But uh, if somebody figures out exactly a few of the players who may be starting, it's not the end of the world by any means. Okay, that's fair. But so, so, so which position do you want to know? I'll see you for breakfast. <laughs> how about that? <laughs> no, the one I asked you don't know, goalie. So, uh, hey, How about when I know, maybe I'll get it to you. I so. mean, yeah, that's May- fine. Maybe. Maybe. All right. So, I'll, I'll, I'll see you for breakfast and training. Don't hold Tomorrow, Mo and I and Alan will be at the Mad Tree Tap Room April 4th for our next program, 6 o'clock. Alan, we appreciate the time tonight. Thank you, guys. All right. For Mo Egger and Alan Koch, I am Tom Glitter. This has been the Toyota Dealers FC Cincinnati Fan Show. Presented by Mantry on ESPN 1530.